Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, I have another new co-host for you. Yes, we're digging into the health demographic once again. And this gentleman is actually part of a little partnership. Uh, he's got a, a wife by the young lady name of Rachel. And, but more importantly, into him, because she's not here with us today, this gentleman comes from a good friend of mine by the shout-out to James for getting us connected. Uh, but this guy graduated from medical school, medical school in 2008. That's right. We're bringing you a doctor. He's completed his radiation oncology residency training in 2013. So, yes, obviously, we're actually bringing you an oncologist uh, from a very, very busy cancer center. But more importantly, um, he's been practicing like a primal paleo combination lifestyle since 2011. We've talked a lot about these areas of health and wellness and as far as lifestyle demographics. And uh, clearly, they become quite passionate about the connection between diet and lifestyle and health and particularly how it relates to cancer. So Rachel and this gentleman uh, created a blog by the name of OurHealthHabit.com to share their perspective and outlook on building healthy lifestyles as a family. So without further ado, we are bringing the doctor on the air. Welcome, Dr. Brendan Frendercast. Welcome to the show, Hi. sir. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. I, I'm glad we finally got to connect up. I think, uh, again, shout out to James, uh, my CrossFit buddy. Uh, actually, I'm rocking my CrossFit gear right now because I literally was working yeah. out about an hour ago, and I said, you know what? It goes with the health and fitness theme. Let's go with this. So, uh, yeah. So, how long have you known James? Um, that's a good question. Um, I met James um, my freshman year of high school, perhaps even a little bit before that. Wow. But he was basically my best friend all through high school. Um, and... Uh, we went to college together at the uh, University of Notre Dame. Go Irish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, old, old rivalry of mine. I'm a Penn Stater. Okay. Well, we'll forgive you of that. <laughs> well, you know, um, not, not anymore. You know, the Big Ten thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So James and I were together high school, college. Um, and, uh, and then I went down to medical school at the University of Florida in Gainesville and um, spent four years there. And after... Um, finishing medical school, I actually reconnected with James um, out in Denver, where he was living at the time. And so I did my first year of training, what's called the internship. It's mm. not nearly, not quite as um, uh, as cool as it looked on Grey's Anatomy, but um, <laughs> I did the uh, did the internship portion there in Denver. I got to reconnect with James and his wife, Kelly, and then um, did the rest of my training down in Birmingham, Alabama. So. Nice. Well, that's funny, because that's how like, James and I got connected, because I literally think it was actually at a CrossFit class because I was coaching it, and I think I was rocking one of my Colorado hats. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think I had—I always have. I mean, this is my own branded canteen, but I always have uh, canteens with stickers on them. I'm a sticker yeah. nut from live. I lived in Colorado. I used to ski out there, mountain bike, everything. So we just started geeking out on that. And I mean, obviously, him being an engineer, he's an intelligent fellow. Um, and actually, he and I have crossed over. One of my biggest clients is in the HVACR industry as far as heating, air conditioning, everything else, and they do building design. It's just funny how circles overlap. Right. And it's funny because I think he brought you up finally because I think he said, hey, man, I turned a buddy of mine onto your show, and I think you might want to eventually connect up with him. And he said, because some of the I, my health demographic shows for this podcast really started getting deeper and deeper. Like you just started, you actually just mentioned today that you listened to the recent one that aired from uh, Dr. Nasha from Colorado. And mm -hmm. I mean, how knowledgeable was that girl? Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, great. 
I have to go back and listen to it again because there was so much stuff dropped. <laughs> so, and obviously now we're with you. So yeah, yeah. You guys created ourhealthhabit.com. And I love, obviously, because I'm a branding guy, you know, we talk about this. I love the theme. It's simple. It's clean. And I love the fact that it totally connects with, because this is not just you. This is you and Rachel. This is right. a partnership. And how long ago did you launch this uh, blog? Uh, we launched it in, uh, I believe it was September, October of last year. Okay. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it's pretty recent. And here we go. Food, fitness, family. Yeah. That's kind of the, uh, the sort of tagline, um, the theme and, um, beautiful lady, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, I see you're, you're doing the, uh, the Oh screen yeah. Share. I got the screen share now. Great. <laughs> um, well, you know, on the first page of the, well, that's a little bit about yeah, us. Yeah. About um, us. If, if you go to the home and then you go to the bottom um, where it has sort of the uh, the, the featured post there. Ooh, you're a fellow Vibram fan is, or is that just a random photo? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, we are. We, we got yes. into that back in, and I've sort of went that way and I've kind of converted away from it. Um, but this introduction section here yeah. um, sort of tells a story. Um, and so, you know, your, uh, your readers, your listeners, if they check out the blog, they can kind of hear how we got started. But um, well, I like know, right here because I've actually read your whole section right here. In the end, we each, we each lost weight and got into great shape for the wedding and the honeymoon. So I, I, I highlighted that just because obviously a lot came up before that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we hinted in your bio about, oh, these, these hot keywords right now. Like everybody's like, oh, they see me eating and they say, oh, are you a big paleo guy? Or are you a primal guy? Or now the latest things is, because I've experimented with fat adaptation and everything else is, oh, are you a keto? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and you do fellow OCR racing, obstacle course racing. Yep. Uh, I've yep. done Spartans and Tough Mudders and everything else. So we're vibing here. By the way, yeah. I did last year the Spartan Super here at Blue Mountain in the Pocono Mountains, which I found out later was actually one of the hardest ones because of the terrain, which I thought is funny because that's our local mountain. Uh-huh. Um, but I did it in the Vibram Five Fingers, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, I, uh, I've done, uh, in fact, the, the reason I got away from them is nothing to do with, uh, the, the, the vibrant five fingers. In fact, I'm a big fan of them, but when I did a couple of the Spartan runs, when there was some really thick mud, the shoe would actually suck right off my foot. Oh, wait, um, did you have a single strap? Um, I had this one with like a, uh, it, it didn't even have a strap. It was like more of a cinch, you know, you, yeah. you tighten it down. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's the one I have now. It's like a drawstring yeah. and you pull the yeah, buckle in. Yeah. Right. Those and held up. They held yeah, up. Yeah, they, they held up. And the other thing was I also felt like the drainage in it, I felt like when I went through even water, not mud, I was like running in a water balloon. And Ooh. I switched over to a brand called Innovate. Oh, um, Innovates are huge. Yeah. see a lot of people wearing those. And um, James is a big fan of his Innovates. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and they, they have a great – and they, they just drain really well. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of in this uh, – you know, in fact, the other thing to mention here was uh, right when you and I connected was about – exactly four weeks ago today, um, we connected from email from James and, um, I actually just had knee surgery done. I know, um, right. What was that all about? You know, old injuries, um, (laughs) football, uh, fencing. I did fencing in college. Um, now all the sports, OCR, basketball. Whoa, 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 hold on. We got to pause. We got to pause. You could get seriously injured from fencing. I'm not saying that's not an aggressive sport. You guys are stabbing, (laughs) you guys are stabbing each other, but yeah. What'd you get run through or what? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's rough on the knees. You know, it's all the knee, the front knee when you're fencing. You're lunging. Oh yes, you're lunging. lunging over yes, and over and over again. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So that front leg took a beating. Um, okay. So anyhow, um, I'm 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 kind of in. Um, I'm kind of whole, I haven't run in 
the last run I did was a, a race called the uh, Savage Race, yep. um, which is an East Coast kind of obstacle course. Yeah, that's a good point. It is more of like an East Coast brand. You yeah. don't see a lot of it yeah. on the West Coast. But right. I tell people all the time, like, you should start with not the Tough Mudder. Not, and actually, it's, there's something easier than the Savage. And then I tell people to go to the Savage. Yeah. And then if you're looking for the group event, you go Tough Mudder, and then you level up to like a Spartan. Would you agree yeah. with that? Or uh, Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing with Spartan to know is they do offer a, a 5K distance, or a th- they call it the Spartan Sprint. Yeah, so that was my first I, one. I don't think that that's a bad one to start with. The first one that got us into it was actually the Warrior Dash. That's it. Which yeah, yeah. Which now, now that I've done many of them, and I think my wife and I have done probably twenty of these in the last two and a half years. Of the dash specifically? Oh no, of of, of any OCR race. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we do quite a bit of them in Florida. There's one almost every weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can go. You anywhere. have the weather for it. Yes, we do. Um, but the Warrior Dash for those listeners who are like wanting to, what's a good one to get started with? That, that's a good beginner race. It's only a 5K. It's only got like 12 or 15 obstacles, and it's um, it's pretty doable. Admittedly, I've never done one. I My first OCR was, I think, a Tough Mudder, actually. Yeah, but, well, you jumped right in, man. You're Literally, and it was <laughs> muddy. Yeah, but yeah. Here, hold on. you love this. As a health guy, <laughs> up here, there's a fa- like probably 10 minutes from where I live, there's a famous huge turkey farm called Jandal Turkeys, like J-A-I-N-D-L. Okay. Anyway. Tough Mudder rented their farmland to do it on. Right. Tough, keyword, mudder. Right. Mudder <laughs> on turkey fields, meaning yeah, that, that the manure. <laughs> dude, not cool. Yeah. Bad uh-huh. idea. There was a lot of people I found out later, like going to the hospital for yeah. issues. Yeah. <laughs> so no uh, I'd rather come to Florida and do another right. Tough Mudder again. <laughs> I mean, unless you guys have Florida and Floridian you know, turkey uh, we, farms, I don't know. No turkeys, but uh, you got plenty of cow cow pastures. <laughs> okay. I'm all right with that. You know, I grew up on a farm. I'm cool with the – I can handle the cow manure. The turkeys, eh, did not enjoy that at all. So but so anyway, knee surgery, you get all – you know, you're all rebuilt now. Are you bionic? Uh, I'm, I'm one step closer, yeah. Okay. Step. Now, what did they do? Just a basic orthoscopic or – Yeah, yeah. I had some, you know – uh, meniscus damage, some cartilage damage. So, um, you know, it probably means I need to do a little less running <laughs> and jumping. Um, I, I admittedly, other than OCRs, I don't do as much running. I mean, yeah, l- me lighter running and CrossFit stuff like that. But yep. I mean, I save it for the OCRs. I used to do yeah. half marathons, marathons. I don't have anywhere. I don't have any no. pain anymore. No, I'm with you. And in fact, that's a good point. I, um, it's kind of something I'm planning a, a blog post on, uh, some point in the future is, especially this lesson I've learned with my knee here is, you know, you only get one set of tires, you know, mm-hmm. you in, you know, these, uh, your knees, your joints, your ankles, uh, you know, running, I think is, is probably one of the, um, least useful, um, exercises to do, right. You're a crossfitter. I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a former, I don't want to say former because I still do occasional workouts, but I don't go to a box or anything anymore. Yeah, but what's a CrossFitter? Always a CrossFitter. If you know what you're right. doing, you don't need a box. I'm, no, bu- no, I'm no, building I... my own box in my garage. I yeah, mean, that's what I have. <laughs> I have a squat rack. I have a pull-up bar. I have a row machine. I have a GHD machine. And then, you know, that's that's all I need. Beat. You got me beat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the row machine or the GHD. I was with you up until that point. Do you have a box for box jumps? I do. Yeah. Oh, damn it. All right. All right. All well, right the other so... thing, I wish, I wish I could show it on the YouTube that, um, and actually James um, sort of helped envision how I was going to build this. Um, so you've done the Spartan races, you know, how they have these rigs where you're hanging from like, um, Oh yeah. Ball, Spartan ball is ball. all about destroying your grip strength. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we built a, uh, a little mini rig in our garage. 
Ooh. So I basically have from the rafters, you know, every, what is it, you know, uh, 24 inches, Six, uh, 16 inch offset at least, or yeah, whatever it is, you know, every, and it works out. So it's, it's the perfect distance between, so you can swing from one element to the next. Oh, um, yeah. So it's kind of now, cool. hold on. Are you doing the hard one where it's an ace, you know, descending and then ascending? Uh, no, we don't, uh, we don't quite have the monkey that. bars like that. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so I'm glad I'm not the only geek about this stuff. Again, no, ladies and gentlemen, when you're listening, we're geeking out about OCR right now. But uh, the point is, is get outside and, and do something to challenge yourself. I think that's the biggest theme we're getting out of all this, right? You don't have to be a CrossFitter. You don't have to be no. a Spartan. Um, again, back to kind of your core brand here, right? It's you want to be healthy, you want to be fit, you want to be able to do things as a family, or in your case, as a couple. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the most uh, important things um, that I think we we've realized is, um, you know, it's a lot, of, it's a lot easier to, to uh, develop healthy habits when you have a partner, a partner in crime to go through it with. And, um, you know, I think that's been the failing of a lot of people I've talked to. Um, they've, uh, not necessarily a personal failing, but that's, that's been an obstacle, a stumbling block is that they want to do it. They want to get healthier. They want to eat this way. They want to exercise more, but their spouse or partner, you know, isn't interested. Hmm. And it, it in fact, harder. Yeah, and that's really kind of actually been um, one of the elements Rachel's um, run into in her health coaching um, business is that, you know, there are, there are people, her, some of her clients, they, they, they want to do it, and they're not getting buy-in from their, their spouse or partner, and that makes it, uh, makes it challenging. So I've been health coaching since my firefighting days. Um, I don't know what level she's at, but it's been, always been part of my passion, right? I don't do it a ton with a lot of people. It's very specialized these days. I, got, I have too much other stuff going on. But obviously my brand, everything is health and fitness as well. So one tip that I learned from a great mentor and my business coach, and this applies actually in life is you can't help everyone. It's the first part of it. Second part of it is the worst people to help are your closest, the friends and the family. (laughs) So the third part is in the end, focus on yourself, set the example, show the results. And when people are ready, they will come. (laughs) I was like, okay, I mean, yep. that might be exactly verbatim, but it's pretty close to what they t- what he taught me. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, my dad's a type 2 diabetic, and I'm Mr. Health Nut. But, right. I mean, I've gotten him down to one medication due to some things that I've helped influence, but it took way too long yeah. <laughs> to yeah. influence this change. Well, that's great. I mean, I think that's a good, you know, just to, to summarize that, really, I agree. You know, live by example. And that's that was really the impetus for us even starting this blog. I mean, the health and fitness thing has been a passion of both me and my wife mm. um, since probably about 2011 when we uh, kind of took the plunge and went paleo primal. Um, and people just kept asking us, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we said, well, we ought to, we ought to start a blog and, you know, just share our thoughts. So now was it the wedding that was and the honeymoon stuff? Was that like the initial trigger Really? Well, or? that's what, that's what the first time in my life that I ever thought, Oh boy, I want to, you know, get in shape. Um, you know, I was always an athlete, you know, but it was the first time I thought, well, I better, uh, you know, look good in the tux, that kind of thing, you know, and on the honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, but we just kind of, uh, you know, as we wrote on that introduction, we kind of screwed around with some goofy things, uh, at first, but then we found our way into CrossFit that really, you know, at least in my, in my world really helped, uh, really get my, me into the best shape of my life um, when I started CrossFit. But um, we didn't really start eating differently until a few years later. And that's when I really saw a change, not only in my body, but in my, in my health. Mm. Uh, well, let's know, think my- about well, when you define that health. I mean, you're an oncology doctor, so this is yeah. a whole different demographic, right? But 
you said you started noticing things. I, I, I don't yeah. like to breeze over that because people mm-hmm. are like, oh, well, yeah, I'm focused on weight loss. I'm like, actually, weight loss should be the last thing you're worried about. But I get it. Some people need yeah. to see that physical representation, mm-hmm. right? But what are some of those health impacts that you noticed initially and maybe as the, as the journey grows? Because I think it's important yeah. people to hear this stuff. Yeah, well, I would say um... – and before we just gloss over, you know, I think weight was certainly one of them uh, for most of my life. You know, when James knew me, when we first met in high school, you know, um, you're only seeing me from the waist up. But yeah. you know, in my website, you see other pictures of me. I was an offensive lineman in high school. I mean, I, I was a, I was a, you know, a, <laughs> a bigger guy. I was kind of sluggish. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really saw a major change in my body composition. Um, when I started eating primarily. So you didn't always look this dashing in your, in your doctor photo. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I say, not. great yeah. shot, by the way, you know, it's Thanks. very professional. Um, yeah. did you do this yourself or did you no, the hospital that, hook you up? That was, that was one of the headshots they gave me when yeah. I started working there. Okay. Yeah. And, that and then obviously started, boom. Yeah. Now you look, you look, you look, actually, if I had to look at head headshots, because years ago I was a bartender and a bouncer, uh-huh. so I'm good at facial recognition. You definitely look leaner here. Yes. And even, even that doctor photo. Well, yeah. So that's a great point. Um, so that, um, and we can get into that. It's one thing I would like to talk about is uh, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. We can get into that in a minute or two. Um, but uh, yeah, that picture you showed, my headshot or whatever, that's circa 2013, I think. Yeah. Um, Which so, again, you look fine. But Yeah, I was into paleo primal at that point, but really um, have kind of taken it just to the next level. Um, over the last few years. So it, it's, it's really a journey, you know, and I think that that's, again, part of the motivation for this website was that you're going to come across things, you're going to hear things, and you, you, you adopt them. And you, you, the other big, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, theme that I have is, you know, your N equals one experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you hear something on a podcast or whatever, there's no better way than to try it yourself, because a lot of the stuff we talk about, again, from the medical doctor perspective, a lot of the stuff you're going to hear about, you know, in my world, we always look for the randomized control trial. You know, that's the, that is the, uh, the heart of it. And, you know, it's really hard to prove most of these things we're going to talk about in that setting because they can't be done. In fact, most of the diet, exercise, intervention types of studies that are done are retrospective. Um, or they're done based on surveys and things like that. So that's really, the frustrating part because a lot yeah. of MDs do not want to talk about this stuff because they know there's a there's a risk, right? right? Because oh, I'm not a certified you know dietitian, which unless they have one on staff, okay, great. They maybe they could bring them in, but let's be real, I've I've called this out. Not all dietitians have a clue. I mean, <laughs> believe me. Uh, no <laughs> offense to uh, I know some of the ones you've had on your show are um, you know I, I think we're. Perhaps we're more aligned um, in our oh, yeah, like, uh, philosophy. Our right. regular Aaron Sparrow, for example, she's right. actually very knowledgeable because she's not a well, she's a nutritionist, not a dietitian. Right. But she's already I learned to the, break away from the sad diet, the standard American right. diet. Right. I mean, these are the same people who will put a diabetic patient on a on a diet that's high carbohydrate and low yeah. fat, which we know is Wrong. really not the best thing for a diabetic to be eating. Um, but you know, anyhow, we digress. But. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, back to your own. Yeah. This is actually on the same theme. You brought the N one experiment, right? Like I yeah. pride myself on being an N one. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't believe me? I I do it. But so I we did we helped make sure we didn't gloss over. But let's rewind back to your N one experiment. You right? What were some mm-hmm. of those healthy things you started feeling or noticing yeah. when you started your journey? 
so as I mentioned, um, you know, there was some weight loss initially. Um, body composition is another thing that can change even without weight loss. So I think first I noticed the weight loss. And that was from probably 2011 to 2013. But since that time, I've really not lost any more weight, but I've noticed, as you pointed out, a change in, in body composition, which is, um, I think, just as important. You know, you want to you want to look good. You want to feel good. Can um, I pause on that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been doing this for a while, too. Yeah. And one thing I realized was my weight hardly ever changes. Right. I mean, once you get to the, where, where you and I are at. Yeah. Yeah. I might bounce between 190, 195. You eventually figure out what your sweet spot is. It mm -hmm. takes a lot to get me to shift 10 pounds in either direction. Like I oh, haven't yeah. seen 200 plus in a long, long time. Right, right. And so the biggest thing I like trying to teach people is maybe initially you need that short win, so you're gonna get mm -hmm. on that scale. Mm -hmm. But the sooner you could throw that scale away and focus on measurements, mm -hmm. tied to your point here, body comp, right, is okay, you're a doctor, you understand that inflammation is killing America and everywhere around the world. And I found that when you change your body comp, what's happening here is you're relieving inflammation as well, if you're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling we're, you definitely could help us dig deeper into some of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, just to kind of go kind of chronologically, um, we, we mentioned the weight loss, body comp. Um, another thing is energy level. Um, That's what I was waiting to hear too. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know, we were talking earlier about our mutual love for espresso, but you know, I, I don't, I, I enjoy it, but I don't need it. But you don't and need it. Right. It is constant. I mean, there are some days where you need it, right. You're on call overnight and you know, it's been a long one, but generally speaking, it's, um, it's just a, a guilty pleasure, but my energy level is phenomenal and, um, and my sleep is good. And that's another thing you're, you're wearing your, uh, blue blocker glasses now and, and circadian you know, rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. And so we know that the, the uh, photoreceptors in the eye, you know, they, they, they change with the time of day and the circadian rhythm. Um, they're more sensitive to blue light at night um, than they are during the day. Ooh. And that can, that can really alter your, your sleep. So I want to make sure our listeners know that, yeah, I highly promote blue blocker glasses, right? I'm wearing them right now for the video watchers, but I don't want to see you go buy a pair of blue blocker glasses right now. I want you to focus on what we're hearing from the doc because you hinted at something earlier. You've done residency, huh? Okay, you've done internship. And usually during those periods, doctors, nurses, because I have friends in all those uh, fields, everybody goes through the all-night 16-hour shifts. Yeah. Like, for example, this past weekend, you, you earlier had asked me about my ski trip this weekend to the Tuckerman Ravine in New Hampshire. Well, we stopped in Massachusetts to catch up with a buddy of mine. He's a very successful uh, scientist, and his wife is a young doctor. And she's in her residency phase. Yeah. Yeah. And she just got done doing a 16 hour shift when she met us for dinner. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so unhealthy, right? It is. It is. It's, it's so unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Um, you know, they've made a lot of changes because not only is it unhealthy, but it's probably not really the picture of Safe. patient safety for, you know, but, um, you know, her, I did her brain us. looks fried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was are. not talking right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's terrible. And, um, you can ask James about some of the, the stories from when, I was in Denver. In fact, that year, which was 2008, 2009, was the last year that the, um, you know, the federal agency that oversees um, medical residencies, that they allowed the 30-hour overnight shift. So we would go to work at um, 7 a.m. and we would leave at 1 p.m. the next day. 
Okay, um, what, 24 hours wasn't enough? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's how it was. It's how it still is, actually. They don't allow that in your first year, but in your second year, you can do that still. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the new quota now? For the first year, guys, they go soft, and I think they're limited to 24. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, well, you see, that goes back to my firefighting. That's when I started geeking out about this stuff, too, because as a hotshot out west, we were doing 16-hour shifts. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... I had I thought oh that's what this is what heroes do or whatever yeah. like I'm just gonna do whatever I'm told but then at the end of that summer, doing two thousand hours in six months which if you guys are doing twenty fours I don't even know what you guys do in six months but you know we did two weeks straight sixteen hour shifts a day mm-hmm. now years later I can now look back I'm like okay now I know why my energies were getting all weird after that fire season like it took me months to reset my body right because my circadian right. rhythm was off I had here's the keywords which you can probably dig into for weight gain is accumulated exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is all tied together, right? Yeah. I mean, I I wish um, at that phase of my life, I was uh, more in tune, but you know, the thing is back in your firefighting days and my intern days, you know, we were younger. Um, I I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but back then, you know, a lot of us were, you know, going out and partying. So on top of all that, you would do that and you'd go drink, you know, and it was, it was really, put a lot of abuse on our bodies. And I think even compared to a lot of my, my friends, I was one of the healthy ones, you know, and it's just crazy, you know, I think the only advantage of being the healthy football guy, like you, uh, you know, the the, the athlete looking guy is that, okay, you probably were able to, I guess, weather that storm a little bit healthier in your twenties. Yes. I didn't do the firefighting until my thirties. I I was the old guy. So, Uh but I was kicking a crap out of the 20 year olds because I already knew enough (laughs) I wasn't uh-huh. drinking as much. I wasn't in my twenties, so it's like right. I didn't drink as much as the other guys did, and I mm-hmm. knew enough about recovery. I was already like I'd already been a spinning instructor and uh-huh. a ski coach, so I already been around like you said, health, health and fitness. Mm-hmm. If you have a little knowledge around it, it helps. Yeah. But a lot of our listeners don't haven't done what you've done, sports haven't done what I've done, so I think it's important for them to hear that even guys like us still struggle. The struggle's Absolutely. real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's real, man. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that, that's that little tidbit. But yeah, in the medical profession, and like you said, even there's, there's many other ones where we, and really, I mean, the, the, the people who work in the hospital now, the nurse, some of these people do it voluntarily. I mean, I had to do it for a year. Because they care. That's the right. sad well, part is that they're just trying. I know a lot of nurses, yeah. they just, they, they yeah. wanted, I have a good, good, good friend of mine. She's an oncology nurse. Uh-huh. And she was burning herself out she loved her patients so much and you know, working in oncology and she was at a you know, oncology dedicated facility. I mean, some of her patients are not going to survive, unfortunately. Yeah. And she knows it, but yet still would get torn up tears, you know, the long hours, the relationships that are built, you know, they're taught to mm-hmm. not, you know, get connected. But when you spend that much time with your patients, like you guys do, it, I think yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in our field, you, you definitely have to uh, take care of more than just your, your body. You got to take care of your mind and spirit too. And that's mm. important. Well, that comes back to your brand. I mean, I love the fact you keep tying stuff with your, with your site here back to family, right? It's not just, it's bigger than just that word family. It's, right. it's the connectivity back to your point, the mindset and everything. Right. But anyway, so back, back to our point here, like you, you already hit, we got weight loss, body comp, energy level, sleep, anything else that you just like, whoa, this is, this is hitting like this is we're, we're, we're winning. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the, those are the real big ones for me. Um, I think when it comes to, um, you know, 
again, as a, as a physician, um, the, I would say the, the, the sort of fifth one I would put on there is, you know, not just body comp, but then what are the statistics, you know, right? Uh, what is your, uh, your biomarkers doing, your, your markers of inflammation? Um, what are your, what is your cholesterol doing? Um, your blood pressure. I had a post on my blog, um, you know, uh, that, that your listeners can check out. Um, despite being in what I would have considered to be, you know, certainly not optimal health, but in, in good health, um, I had high blood pressure and all throughout medical school residency. And, um, I was taking a pill, you know, pill, one pill a day. Oh, the, kept... the pill bandaid. Yeah. But I mean, you know, as a, as an MD, you know, I didn't bat, bat an eye at that. I thought, okay, you know, this is what happens. You get put on a pill. And I mean, here I was, um, you know, I think I started taking it when I was like 25, you know, wow. I'm going to be on this for the rest of my life. But, you know, I went and had all the testing done and they said, yeah, no, we did every, we looked at everything and everything is fine. This is probably just genetic, you know? And mm -hmm. I said, yeah, well, my dad has high blood pressure. And so we just sort of let it go. And um, then when I started losing more weight and, and, and again, I didn't think I was overweight. I thought I was fine. Right. Um, but really kind of cranked on the paleo thing, got in better shape. Um, it started messing with intermittent fasting. Um, next thing you know, I, I decided this was about two years ago. Um, after I had done my intermittent fasting experiment, um, I said, I'm going to see what happens since I'm an MD, I can do this kind of stuff. Your listeners shouldn't without their doctor's approval. Um, I just took myself off of the pain, uh, off of the uh, uh, the uh, blood pressure medicine, and lo and we behold, also knew how to monitor that. Well, sure, sure, sure. Right. And again, since I am a doctor, I, I felt like I could do it. Um, but yeah, you and made I, yourself and I, your own patient. <laughs> exactly. But you know, in that monitored setting, I took myself off of it, monitored it, and haven't gone back since. So that's kind of a cool thing, um, you know. For me, the other thing um, that I noticed was. And again, without getting too, as you like to say, geeking out too much on it, a lot of people are concerned about cholesterol, right? It's the one you hear about. And, and you know, Lipitor at one point was the most prescribed drug in the world. Oh, I got into um, a healthy debate on the seven plus hour drive back from New Hampshire with my ski buddy this weekend because he couldn't understand why I, I wanted him to take a photo of me doing shots of olive oil on the side of the mountain because I love my healthy fats and that my fuel in the morning because normally I, I extend my fasted state like you, but I uh, I put down steak, eggs, side of bacon, and sausage because I'm fat adapted and I mm -hmm. want a good long energy. And he's ordering a hoagie yeah. that, he, that, he's, that he's putting in his backpack uh, so he can eat it on the side of the mountain. Yeah, that's crazy, right? So I, I figured you would. But appreciate I'm sure he this. thought. I'm sure he thought you were crazy, right? Oh yeah, um, he's literally. He, he was upset because I didn't eat his friend's um, buckwheat. Because uh, yeah. these guys are from like Eastern Europe, they're bloodlines. And he's uh. like, you don't understand. Entire armies survived on the healthy proteins from buckwheat. And I was like, great. I'm not in the World War One or World War Two, yeah. And I have access to healthier sources of proteins, fats, and healthy cholesterol. So I'm going to go ahead and just disagree with you. Like, you do you, and I'll do me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, be your, be your own end of one experiment. And, yeah. and you know, that's the thing is, is don't stick your head in the sand, right? If it's not paleo primal, whatever, um, it's not for everybody. And mm -hmm. there are some people who are going to eat that way and they're going to eat a high fat diet and they may see their cholesterol rise to what even, um, 
you know, the, of course, what not just the conventional medical establishment would consider a, a high or unsafe level, but even what, you know, the, the primal MDs would consider to be a high or unsafe level. Well, here's the question. What kind of high what are you talking about? Exactly. Right? And so I think that that's one of those areas. And this is where I, I struggle a little bit because um, while I'm pretty familiar with the data, the trouble is there's not there's not an answer to that question. You know, we know that cholesterol um, is not a be all and end all that, mm -hmm. that your doctor probably thinks that it is. Um, we know that LDL cholesterol is not by any means the, the, the strongest predictor of heart disease that, that some people years ago thought that it was. Um, but it still is important. You know, we, we know it's still associated, um, but we're learning more and more that inflammation is probably the root cause behind this mm -hmm. and that inflammation is certainly tied into cancer. Um, well, so, and, the, and the plaque in the arterial walls that are clogging the arteries is not cholesterol. It's an inflammatory response to what else is going on in your lifestyle. Right. So that plaque is inflammation. It's not right. from cholesterol. Cholesterol is like a lubricant almost without me being a doctor. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, those, those plaques, um, there can be cholesterol plaques in the artery that aren't a harm to you. It's when that plaque gets inflamed. And right. so it's like, well, why does it get inflamed? Did it just randomly get inflamed or, Which, uh, you know, with your art, was it the best kind of medicine? Is that the blog article that you were talking about earlier on your site? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All mm -hmm. right. Cause I brought that up. I wasn't, I didn't okay. get a chance to read that one, but I'm going to go ahead and share that for our video watchers. Again, go to the site, you know, our, our health habit and go back, but best kind of medicines, name it, a nice little pill on the plate. But the reason why I bring this up is because one of my buddies' podcasts, he's got a very successful show on the West Coast. He brings on a regular uh, nurse who she's trained and certified in how to read the, the blood tests, like the cholesterol and everything. And she said the biggest thing that you need to do that most doctors aren't doing, and I'm interested to see if you know about this or not, is they're not ordering a, I might be saying it wrong, but a particle test. Mm-hmm. Right, because mm -hmm. it's not just about the LDL and HDL. She's like, no, 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 no. It's the particle size, right. and I guess it's like deeper testing. Have you done some of that on yourself? Um, I haven't. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to, and uh, maybe we can revisit that question. Um, oh, soon. we will, I, I, and I'll do it with you if I have to. I yeah, don't care. let's yeah. do that. Um, so what you're referring to is with the standard um, cholesterol test. What you're reported on your on when you get that printout, you're going to have your HDL, which is the good cholesterol. You're going to have your LDL. And it's called the LDL-C, LDLC, and that's LDL calculated, and that's what they're doing. They're using a formula um, from your total cholesterol, and they're calculating what your um, LDL cholesterol is. There is a higher level test. I think it uses something like NMR spectroscopy or something that can actually calculate the LDLP or the LDL particle number. Mm. Yeah, and there that's are what even she's about. there are even subtypes of LDL particle numbers. So the, the bottom line is. Um, and there, there are some excellent resources out there. And again, I don't, I'm an oncologist. I'm not a, I'm not a cardiologist. Um, you know, and granted, I wouldn't necessarily want this advice from a cardiologist because most of them would just want to stick you on Lipitor and call at the end of the day. Wait, wait, but, hold um, on. Statins aren't the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, although there is some interesting new data actually in the cancer world that I just read this week about statins potentially being beneficial in cancer, but that would uh, be don't help them justify that drug anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, no, again, it, in fact, just to touch on it, since we're, we're talking about it, um, Statins, um, we, we know that their, um, their benefit has been probably widely overblown, but it's more and more data is coming out about it. And, and the reason that in some studies that they're causing a, um, a survival advantage may actually be because they reduce inflammation. 
Right. So yeah, they, yeah, they reduce cholesterol, but it turns out that they also reduce inflammation, and that may be the key factor. And that's fine. Initially, we can re- we can we can reduce inflammation in other ways. Right. So Thank you. Right. I mean, exactly. you and I are are going to get deeper into that now, but I mean. Yeah. Like my own father, I think it's important to tie. Like I'm, I take this stuff seriously. Like my mother told me, she's like, "Oh, yeah." He, he's like, "Yeah." He went back in for some updated testing, and the doctor didn't like his uh, out of his cholesterol or what it was. And and but long story because he's already a type two diabetic, and he's like, "You know what? I'm worried about your pressure, your blood pressure." So the doctor immediately wanted to put him on a statin. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's it," because you're worried about his blood pressure. You're just automatically going to put him on a statin, let alone the side effects. I mean let alone he's already on one pharma drug for diabetes. Like I've had a sister who suffered from depression her whole life. I know about the cocktails, all the different pharma drugs cross-referencing each other and messing it. I'm like, dude, no, you're not adding another drug into his solution. Let's look at ways to reduce his inflammation and see if his blood pressure goes down. So cutting back on the excessive sugar intake, cutting back on the excessive grain intake. I'm a huge advocate for no sugars, no grains, cutting that way back. That's just me. I don't know right. about you. I don't know where you weigh in on that, but um, I'm I'm totally in your camp with the uh, with the one exception that I you know you hear this stuff said you know like sugar's like a drug you know I, I totally agree um, and I you know I, I I can't sit here and claim to be uh, no sugar um, because hey I still enjoy it like the next guy but I I look at it like a drug you know I look at it and say hey I'm gonna Eat well, this. There's, a, there's proven chemical reactions from the brain, oh, which is absolutely. why it is. They say it's it's been proven to be more addictive in most cases than cocaine. Now, granted, and yeah. one, I haven't tried cocaine. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, I really can't speak to that. And even if you did, you couldn't say it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So I um, uh, I totally agree with you. In fact, I read a book. Um, again, I, I don't purport to be some kind of expert on this. Most of the stuff I learned, I did not learn in my medical training. I learned it on my own. We, you, and I, and other people were reading books. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so to that end, I think, um, a, a great resource for your listeners, if they haven't Gary Taubes, um, the oh, case yeah. against sugar. Um, he's got several books. That's his most recent, um, Nina Teichholz, um, Ty, Ty Schultz, yeah. Ty Schultz, yeah. Um, it's called the big, big fat, fat surprise. surprise, fabulous book. So, I mean, I learned a lot from these people. They spent years, probably multiple years of their life working on these. These are, these are important works because, these people aren't physicians, um, and yet I feel that they have done a much better job of analyzing the data than their research medical community. The medical yeah. community has. Um, so, would you agree bad. that a doctor has a career to do? So it's very rare that a, a you know a, a public facing doctor can then turn themselves into a full time researcher. So it takes people like Nina and, and other people to take say, "Great, I'm not doing that. I'm going to focus on research." And well, digging absolutely. into this. Yeah. Well, and, and again, as much as we, we physicians would like to avoid conflicts of interest, most of the research dollars out there, they're either going to be from a big you know, NIH grant or something, um, or they're going to be from a pharmaceutical company. And yeah. guess what? If you're, if you're taking pharmaceutical company research dollars, you know, you're, you're going to have some sorts of bias. Kind of jaded. Kind of jaded. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, even speaking to the other problem, if you're taking, you know, non-pharma dollars, you're taking it from a foundation or from the government uh, grant. The, the trouble is in the medical research community, there is, there's a couple of problems. Um, one of them is that there is a, the, the peer review bias, right? All the people who are reviewing your, your paper or your research, they're probably deeply entrenched in that, you know, mainstream. 
And so when you come up with this, um, this contrarian idea and you're trying to get it published in a peer-reviewed journal, they, they say, this is garbage. This is nonsense. Hmm. Uh, because you're refuting their life's work. Um, so this, this is an interesting, um, an interesting problem. Okay. Well, so if somebody's listening to this right now, and again, I, I tell people all the time, I, I don't try and tell people to like ignore your doctor. But what I tell people is, if you don't like what your doctor's telling you, literally get a second opinion. Like find yeah. a different doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is I it mean, is it that easy sometimes? I mean, yeah. Like I said, sometimes, right? You might stumble across the right one. Um, the trouble is, I'll tell you from, you know, I went through medical school and residency and granted I'm an oncologist. And in, in that case, I'm a specialized oncologist in radiation oncology. But it, when it comes to, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about, when you're talking about cholesterol and, and, and uh, dietary advice, we don't learn that. St- we, we learn the basic mainstream stuff in medical school. Yeah, if you went there back. Is, there's, no, there's no alternative theories that are taught. You, you learn what's in the textbook and that's right. And, and if you went back, because I've been told by, I've had an ER doctor on here. I've had a bunch of different doctors. I've gotten everything from, yeah, you get a few hours of coursework around nutrition, how things metabolize in the body, yada, 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 that's about it, to upwards of a maximum of 100 hours. And if you think about the entire career or the educational career of an MD while in the university, even if you got a full 100 hours, that's not a lot of time, Mm-mm. right? Well, yeah, and then the trouble is, uh, too, Scott, like let's say you did get 100 or even you know 5,000 hours, but like what are they teaching you, right? Is it going to be the, the, the dietitian who's telling me that my diabetic patients need to eat the ADA, American Diabetic Association diet, which is, which is like 80% carbohydrate? Yeah. You have a disease of carbohydrate metabolism and they're telling you to eat more. Um, and so, you know, it, it's kind of like, even if we did increase it, what do we, is it going to be more? Well, because more, they want you to increase the heart healthy grains. And I'm grains, like, whole grains. It's yeah. still a carbohydrate. It's right. funny because it people- turns- Turns into glucose. When people you look at our, our lifestyle, right? And they're like, um, yeah, so yeah, Scott's Mr. Anti-Carb. And I said, I eat a lot of carbs. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I eat vegetables. Whole right. different carbohydrate, my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you can and get people don't get that. From, uh, from kale is not necessarily low carb, but it, you know, it doesn't have any, uh, it, it doesn't have any, nearly the same glucose spike. In fact, no. one of the, one of the, um, interesting blog post I wrote recently was about my own challenge. So again, I like to do my own, you know, sort of experiments. Um, and I'll tell you about a few of them. One of these was uh, what's called the seven day carb test. Hmm. And this was something written about by Rob Wolf. I'm sure you, you've heard of I have Wolf. heard of that one. I, yeah. I was like, as soon as you said it, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I know that yeah. one. <laughs> so Rob Wolf was like one of the original paleo diet gurus. Um, he's written multiple New York time bestsellers and, um, uh, his, his, in his most recent book, um, he talks about this seven-day carb test. So I decided to do it myself and, and you know give it a try. And so basically what you're doing- Which article was that? The How um, Well Do You Handle Carbohydrates? Yes. Yeah. It was either that one or the one that came right after it. Um, I kind of oh. did a sort of a- Because this is that one. And I noticed yes. you, got, you got your little glucose meter. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, you. so that's, a, that's literally the seven day carb test. So what you do is you eat 50 grams of a particular type of carbohydrate and you have to eat like a pure source of that carbohydrate. Um, so for instance, when I ate um, 50 grams of, as you're looking at, you're zooming in on day four, which was the day I did white potatoes. Oh. So, so 50 grams of white potatoes. And again, 
you're doing this scientifically, right? So it, it, they have to be dry. You're not, you can't put any butter or cream in there. You can't do any, I, I put a little bit of salt, yeah. but that's it. Yeah. You can't throw right? off the, the, the natural sugar ratio or whatever with fats, right? Cause Ooh. fats will help slow down the metabol the, uh, metabolizing so the, 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 the body. Key, the key issue is, is the insulin secretion, right? So mm -hmm. if you eat a meal of carbohydrate with some fat, well, that modulates your insulin, your insulin secretion. But so in this case, I was in a, a fasted state for at least 12 hours prior. I did this first thing in the morning and I ate 50. And I usually, since I've been into intermittent fasting, I, I usually skip breakfast, but so here I am drinking, or eating two cups of, of, um, of baked white potatoes. And I felt terrible. And at one hour, my glucose was up to 131, which isn't really like terribly high. Um, but I felt terrible after eating that. And I mean, like literally blurry vision, bloating. I think I it mean, actually says here, I feel like crap. Is that yeah. right? <laughs> Although I something, I feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And, um, and I wrote in my, you're, you're looking at the diary. I was actually I love keeping, it. but I wrote a whole blog post on it. And, and, you know, the truth is it, it really messed with me. And, um, just one day prior, there you go. I ate, um, or maybe it was, yeah, it was one day prior. I ate, um, an equivalent amount of carbohydrate from black beans right? and my insulin spike was very different. And my, um, you know, the way I felt was, um, was much better. Hmm. Um, I personally don't eat a lot of beans, but at least I know I can, um, I can handle them. Yeah. Like, honestly, so I'm not a bean guy either, but for example, I love chili. I make venison chili. I make elk chili. I mean, you name it, I will make a chili out of meat. And that's uh, <laughs> that's truly grass fed meat right there, you know, elk and venison. Oh, yeah. Well, after living in Arizona and Colorado, you, you learn where the good stuff comes from. And right here on the East Coast, it's kind of hard to come by that stuff. So if I, if I can come across it, game on. Mm -hmm. But yep. then, yeah, some people like to have beans in their chili. So to appease the masses, yes, I'll throw some beans in. So mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I'm very selective on my beans. I've done a lentil chili already, too. But right. Yeah. yeah. That was um that was supposed to be part of my test, but I didn't make it that far. I think I stopped it. Um, seven days. I was going to do 10 days. Of <laughs> you got tired of feeling like crap? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, even then um, I ate, I ate, I ate 50 grams of blueberries one day. Um, and again, we're not talking about weight of the blueberries. We're talking about um, the blueberries. There you go. 2.5 cups of blueberries. And boy, that is enough to make you turn blue. I mean, it was crazy. I was going to say, that's a lot of blueberries. Yeah. Yeah. And even banana, I mean, both the blueberry, I, this was an interesting experiment for me because um like some of your friends have accused you of being anti-carb, I've kind of, over the last year or two, have been very, you know, try to eat very low carb. And I think doing this seven-day carb test actually made me realize, like, I don't need to fear the carbs so much. I'm fat adapted, and I don't eat, I don't eat this stuff every day, right? And that's why I'm... Yeah, when you have a fat, fat adapted, you bounce back faster, right? Exactly. So it's all about insulin sensitivity. And, um, you know, remember, insulin is the hormone your body secretes when you eat something with sugar, glucose, um, and you, your body breaks down any carbohydrate into glucose. And so uh, what my body is not used to seeing much glucose come in. And so when I ate 50 grams all at once, it was like all hands on deck, yeah. you know, insulin, insulin surged and my body is very insulin sensitive now. So the minute I, you know, have that insulin spike, my body responds immediately by dropping my blood sugar back to a normal range. Hmm. Um, so I quote unquote passed the seven day carb test, but it's interesting how not 50 grams of carbohydrate from seven different sources 
made me feel seven different ways. Um, this you know, is something that, I've been trying to figure out myself because I've been doing the fat, increasing the fat adaptation over the past probably almost two years. And uh, it was funny because this weekend on that ski, this, the, the backcountry ski trip, dude, we were hiking. I mean, I had a 50 pound pack, you know, had my ski boots, ski, you know, skis, a frame on the back. And I was hiking in a traditional hiking boot with spikes on for the ice. And it was a workout, man. Like you had an hour and 40 minute hike into the ravine. Then you recharge, you, re, you know, snack up, whatever, throw your ski boots on. And then you hike the, the wall. And mm-hmm. then once you're at altitude, then you ski down that thing. So I mean, it's another hour back to sit, you know, civilization. And my buddy was like, afterwards, we were talking about this in the car. Right. And he's just like, he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, your fat adaptation's crap. He's like, you know, you're, he's like, you, you need carbs. He's like, you were bonking. And I'm like, cause we're cyclists. So we understand mm-hmm. I mean, in the cycling <laughs> yeah, world, you're bonking. Yep. I'm like, yep. no, I set a realistic pace and yes, you were spiking ahead of me, but you're reaching in your pockets, grabbing snacks. Gel. I yeah. wasn't, he wasn't a gel yeah. guy, but I mean, yeah. you had your bread hoagie. So yeah, you might've like had a quick turbo charge off of the bread being processed in your body, but over the long haul, Right, my energy tanks have a longer burn cycle. Even, yeah, they're even. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely, I noticed that in my own my my wife and I both we do all these OCR races. Where you know we laugh, we see that the people they hit the three mile mark and they're grabbing bananas, and we're yeah. like, what do you? You can't eat while you're running. Um, I mean, you but can they try. Do, yeah, I mean, I mean, I say you can't, but of course people do, and I just think it's funny because. I mean, not only did I not eat on the run, but I didn't eat before the run. You know, I didn't so it's do like, anything during my Spartan race other than grabbing water. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of funny how, um, and I think there's some people out there who they throw the term around. Oh, we're fat adapted. I mean, it, it, it's um, you really need to understand what that means. And okay. and the tr- the truth is, um, it does take time, right? So I've written posts about, and I've I certainly have done a, quite a bit of um, fasting, both intermittent and longer fasts. Uh, we, we've even done a, a fast as long as five days. Um, Ooh, I've which never is, exceeded a, yeah. a fully fasted state because I've fully only fasted. water only. Yeah. Oh, wow. Only water, yeah. only two. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Very I, do, challenging. I do a different program. I do nutritional fasting for a maximum uh-huh. of two days, which I'll be doing coming up because yeah, that's a different thing. Wow. I've never done yeah. a five day yeah. fast water. So wow. we can, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but, um, you know, the bottom line is that you, you can't just, some people say, well, how, how I would, I would die if I tried that. And I'm like, well, you know, actually you, you, you might, um, you know, you've got to be ready to do that type of thing right. because, you know, the, I think it's the natural human state, right? I, um, my background actually in college was in anthropology. So, right. you know, I've studied human evolution. I know a thing or two about it. There's no doubt in my mind that human beings were not meant to have food every two to three hours, right? It just wasn't True. possible. And, Which, let's and, be real. I tried that, right? I mean, I used to read all the fitness mags. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll switch to the six-meal program thing. And again, N1, try it all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, you're here you are because you've you've learned, right? But, um, you know, the the bottom line is you've got to become fat adapted. If your body is used to using glucose as energy, as fuel, and you starve it of that, you will bonk, right? Mm -hmm. But you and I, I mean, um, so as part when I did this five-day fast, um, on, by the end of the second day, so 48 hours with nothing in my body except water, we went and did spin class okay. and we went in there and we're like, um, are we doing something stupid? You know, and I was a little cautious about it. And 
We felt well, totally normal. Totally. Now, prior to this five day, let's be clear for the audience: you had yes, already yes. been experimenting Absolutely. with intermittent fasting, everything else. For so a year. this for is a not year. a cold yeah. turkey. Hey, no, I'm no, going to no. go get into this. Yeah. Do not. Let me emphasize that. Do not do that. Yes. Um, even if you are fat adapted and you want to experiment with intermittent fasting, um, as I kind of wrote about on my blog, you know, start with the, the first thing to do. People have asked me that actually. How do I get into it? Well. I'd say the first thing you do is you skip breakfast. How do you feel, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're just just sitting at your desk, like wondering when you're going to eat lunch, you're not fat adapted. No, I mean, um, and, and that's and temporary, by the way. Absolutely. That, that, that once you get used to that, your body actually absolutely moves forward. <laughs> it does. It does. It moves forward. And guess what? You're not you're not um, you're not miserable. Um, people ask about it all the time. How hungry did you get? Well, after about a day, you know, you really don't feel that hungry anymore. Yeah. Um, and so you start with skipping breakfast, then you go to 24 hours, you know, you, you eat dinner and then you don't eat dinner to the next dinner. Um, and then you kind of work your way from that. And that's, that's how we did it. We just kind of tried a one day, a two day, and then eventually said, we're, we're going to dive in and do the full five days. And you're so. not doing the five day thing all the time. That's another thing I think Absolutely. that's important for people to do. You're yeah. experimenting. Yeah. And well, do you still um, do that or me? Let, let's, it's a nice segue into, um, into sort of an area that's near and dear to me, which is, um, you know, cancer and cancer prevention. So I spent all my day treating patients with cancer. Um, and we all know what you can do to prevent cancer. Uh, what you and I, what the common person can do, you can avoid, um, you can avoid cigarette smoke. You can avoid or minimize alcohol um, and other toxins, right? Um, or as your guests referred to it, toxicants. Uh, I'm not really, I, I wasn't. Oh, Nisha, yeah. There's a, there's a difference, but anyhow, um, commonly known as toxins, you know, poisons, right? You know, if you work in a chemical factory, these things have been shown to, um, to cause cancer. But, you know, above and beyond that, um, avoid ex exposure to radiation, right? There's not a hell of a lot that we can do to avoid cancer. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you know, at least common that are, that are firmly known, right? That are firmly known. Is it true that it's naturally occurring in the body? It's just dormant? I don't know. Is that a thing? I've read that you somewhere. Know, I was like, it, really? It, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, and I know one of your other guests was talking about that. And this, this is an area where I, as a, you know, trained you know, like I said, classically trained, in fact, you know, like through the standard medical system, I'm not an alternative practitioner. So I will admit that my, perhaps my notions of cancer biology are a bit more, um, you know, classical in that sense. Um, I do believe, and I think we all understand that cancer is a, um, a normal part of physiology. I mean, cells go awry. That's what cancer is. It's unregulated cell growth. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we all know that, that, you know, the body has mechanisms to repair damaged cells that are constantly going through and fixing mutated cells. And when you go in the sun and you get a sunburn, you suffer, your, your DNA is damaged by the sun and your body has the capability to repair itself. And, and also, if you're in a fully healthy state, which most people are not, doesn't the body also learn from that and also start a reprogramming process? Because I've also read and studied about how our DNA literally throughout the history of mankind has shown the history of being able to reprogram itself over time. But nowadays it's like, if you want to start reprogramming your DNA, it's, this is, we're, we're, we're going too far down a rabbit hole in this one, but I do believe that we can literally reprogram our genetics. And I've read about this well, too. You know, I, 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 that's a term <laughs> that I, I, again, um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that term. You okay. Know, the genetics or, or the using the word reprogram? 
the, the term reprogram genetics, because okay. I, I don't think that that can be done, right? I mean, uh, the genetic code is something that's in your, you know, you it's it's written in your body, right? I don't I don't know how you're going to reprogram it. I guess, um, and and I've some of the, my favorite authors have used that term. I just you know Mark Sisson, who's a, the guy oh, who yeah. wrote kind of founded the whole Primal Diet, which got me into this. He he uses that term, and I it's always bugged me, and it's just because um, I think what we're talking about, or what what the authors are actually meaning, is how to um, perhaps promote optimal gene expression. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not necessarily re recoding your DNA or anything like that, but you're you're basically living life how we were meant to live life you know op- optimal gene expression um so, it's, it's, so preventing the activation per se of possible cancer right like it's like okay well if you live right. this lifestyle you are increasing the chances of activating or creating more of these damaged cells but if you right. if you live optimally and healthy you're helping fight that i mean or you know and, and the trouble is when we get into this realm it, it, it <laughs> It's, it's almost like pseudoscience because uh, it's something I'm very interested in, but we don't have a lot of really good, solid scientific ways of describing this. Hmm. Okay. And that, and that's a trouble where I, you know, sort of the nexus that I'm at as a, you know, an oncologist, a medical practitioner, but also somebody who's interested in, um, and really believes that most of our, um, of society's problems and most of our health problems can be fixed, um, through, diet, exercise, and avoiding, you know, the common toxins. I think this is that rub between the whole Eastern medicine, Western medicine too, mm-hmm. because we call Western medicine, you know, oh, well, that's the that's the traditional medicine. But depending on who you talk to, they say, well, actually, the modern medicine that we use here in the USA, you know, what you're trained on, mm-hmm. only goes back, you know, so far. I mean, right. if you want to use the word traditional that just means in this country. But they said, if you right. actually look at the true definition of traditional medicine or traditional health, like, this is going back centuries, right? Absolutely. So, so. interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were kind of segueing, um, but, you know, it, initially just talking about, um, gosh, how do we even get there, Scott? <laughs> this happens, man. You listen to yeah. the show, you know. I mean, sometimes yeah. we fall down yeah. a different rabbit hole. We went um, down a rabbit hole. Which, by the way, on a side note, just to close up the genetic thing. Yeah. Um, James already texted me saying that apparently you and I need to talk on another show about 23andMe. Ah, Because yes. I have okay. my data. It just arrived okay. last week. And apparently oh, cool. okay. you geek out on that too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, um, 23andMe has caused a lot of, um, a lot of issues for, um, <laughs> for us oncologists. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think it has some value. Um, and we can talk, like you said, maybe at another, another conversation about that one, cause that's a whole topic in and of itself, but just to touch briefly on it, as it relates to oncology, the recent tests that were approved for, um, you know, like uh, patient, patients can just order their own, um, test and, and find out quote unquote, whether they're at risk for breast cancer. Right. And it turns out that it's only testing like a portion of the genes. Yeah. That, that I don't agree with. That, uh, yeah. So I read about that it, too. And I'm like, eh that's not what I want out of this test. I want to understand more about my ancestry Mm -hmm. and I want to understand, I just want to see what they're producing with the health data. Cause I did the double kit. I want you give me the ancestry plus the health. And actually Uh I didn't even know you could actually export all the raw data, which I did because in two days I'll be recording, bringing back on Dr. Anthony J who wrote the book Estrogeneration. So he talks about estrogenetics and and like the influence on uh, like, for example, like he's Mr. Anti-plastic, Mm-hmm. how it influences the hormones, all that stuff. So he's actually literally studying all of my raw data right now. 
Okay. So I'm interested to see what he comes back and tells me versus how oncology we could we could have some fun with this so. yeah yeah and, and just for your own uh on this one i, I remember um listening to Rhonda patrick we mentioned her yeah talking offline um and in her blog and website um she has i believe some tools for um analyzing 23andme data so you might want to look at that as well yeah actually i remember listening to her episode on um oh the other famous podcaster joe rogan Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. I found her was Joe Rogan. And yes. she, I think she's been on his show actually a few times. <laughs> yeah. uh, but back to the core of like health. And, and I think before we got down the genetic rabbit hole, we were really the big picture here is about the healthy lifestyle, the fit lifestyle to help bef- before we have to fall down the disease rabbit hole. Right. It's going right. back to this right. core lifestyle. Right. And I, and I, you can look at, um, you know, uh, the history of health in, in, in this country and, you know, just look back, uh, you know, this was, again, I'm kind of borrowing this one from Gary Taubes. If you, if you read his recent book, The Case Against Sugar, you know, it kind of starts off talking about um, the history of diabetes in the United States. And if you go back like 100 years, which he did, and looking at like case logs from Johns Hopkins Hospital, you know, one of these famous hospitals in Baltimore, you know, there was literally back then, it was like three or four people a year with diabetes. And it was, it was the kind of thing they had a grand rounds on. It's like, oh, everybody gather around. We have a diabetic. And remember back then they, they actually tasted the urine. That's actually how the name diabetes mellitus came yeah, about. Yeah, that's weird, that's by true. the way. But totally I, true. Um, but I don't yeah, want to that's, that N1 experiment. <laughs> you know, no, don't, hey, don't do that as your N of one. But, um, you know, and just to think of how far we've come, we're used to be four cases a year now, and it's one in four Americans, you know, and it's, it's crazy. I mean, it really is. Um, and you can look at what's changed in a hundred years. And, um, it, it bothers me because I've heard people say, oh, you know, we're evolving. We're not evolving. Okay. The human species does not evolve in a hundred years. No, this is, this is damage that has been done to us. And Exp- yeah, exponential damage, ab- exponential. And, you know, perhaps the jury is still out on what the damage is, but I would agree with Gary and all the data he presents that really the, the enemy is, um, is sugar. Um, and you know, we, we could talk for hours about that and, and I'd have to reference a lot of the, the, the studies, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced, um, both from what I've read and in my own life, seeing the, um, not only my, my own health, um, improve, seeing my own uh, health parameters improve my cholesterol, my blood pressure, everything, um, get better by eating a, uh, cleaner, healthier, primal diet, um, maintaining, um, a decent level of exercise and, um, you know, to me, that's, uh, that's really what it's all about. And I'm just trying to share that mes- message with as many people as I can. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, I mean, you've, we've name dropped so many different people on the show today. I mean, I wrote them on the board here because I want to take notes for this for your blog post when I post your show. But, you know, Gary Taubes, Rhonda Patrick, Nina Ty Schultz, I mean, people I have, I've had on the show, Anthony J. In the end, each person has their own niche, their own mm-hmm. focus, their own education. And one thing that I promote all the time for people is like, listen, Maybe you're not a blog reader, which again, I recommend, you know, go check out his blog, guys, you know, ourhealthhabit.com. But also, okay, maybe you don't want to read a book. Maybe you want to listen to a book. Maybe you want to watch it on YouTube. There's no excuses anymore for us to literally become our own inner physicians and start doing some of the self-study. Mm-hmm. That's what I usually am trying to preach. It sounds like you're, you and I are on a lot of the same pages, which is why James wanted, wanted us to connect up. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, would yeah, I mean, I wish I wish more of my colleagues would um, would be more open minded. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, we don't learn it in well, medical school. And a lot of us, you know, we, we go into our field. Uh, I mean, I'm in I'm an oncologist, but I obviously have interests in other areas like diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Um, but a lot of people, they, they get into their, their, their field of expertise and they, they just stick with the mainstream and they never open their the, eyes. The blinders go on. The, blinder, the blinders are on. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I joke around about how when I was younger, trying to figure out my career, all, a lot of my friends were like, oh, we're just going to become engineers. And I'm like, great. And they're like, they're like yeah, you got to specialize. And now years later, I'm now 40. And I'm like, I am so glad I never specialized because if and when crap hits the fan, I could pick up and change careers, change industries, and do whatever I want to do. And I'm not worried about it. Like people who get too, the blinders on, it's, it's risky. It's, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. got to at least be a little open-minded because to your point, the system's broken, man. It's not working. Okay. Yeah, we need to start thinking outside the box here. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned you hit the high point, you know, all, all of us out here in the blogosphere, putting putting that content out there, helping people to inform themselves. Um, I don't want people to go out there and think, oh, that that Dr. Prendergast you had on there, you know, he was his own doctor. Okay, well, but I am, you know, <laughs> uh, and, um, don't, you know, you gotta, you gotta do these kind of things, you know, you don't want to start doing these longer fasts without medical supervision, you don't want to take yourself off of medication without your doctor's approval. All of that stuff is easy to say, but the truth is a lot of people, you know, they're going to, their doctor is going to say, no, that guy you heard on the internet, he's a quack, you know, and I used to be that way, you know, so it's, it's really hard to, um, it's really hard, you know, and I don't have an answer for, for a lot of people out there other than, like you said, keep your eyes and ears open, find somebody who will listen to you. Well, I think it's, there's other, have you ever heard about the famous, uh, from South Africa, Dr. Timothy Noakes? Yes. Right? Yes. By the way, we've been trying to get him on the show. He's had to okay. reschedule like two or three times. I can't wait to finally get him on the show. Yes. Um, I literally flew to South Africa in November and brought my podcast gear with me on vacation, hoping to just lock him down for a meeting in person. Uh, uh, so we're doing, the, we're doing it this way. The okay. point is, he's coming on. He actually just emailed me last week. I'm sorry I had to reschedule. We're going to get this done. So that said, people like him, right? He got chastised in another country because... Somebody set him up on Twitter because he advised a, a nursing mother to cut the sugar and increase a healthy fats diet, right? I remember that, yep. And in the end, it was just the wrong – I'm not going to get into that case. That's a whole other podcast. Right. The big picture right. here is that you you did a great job for our listeners, helping them understand, listen, you do have to be your own inner physician. If it doesn't sound like you're hearing the right stuff, and you don't have to agree with Brendan. You don't have to agree with me because I'm not a doctor. But in the end, I'm my own physician. I know more than most of my doctors that I've ever met with, which is why I really don't go to the doctor anymore. <laughs> I go see a chiropractor. I go see a masseuse. And people are like, what do you mean you don't see a doctor anymore? I'm like, what do I need to go for? Right. Like well, now- unfortunately, we're, we're in danger. We, as in the medical profession, are in danger of losing our place as um, the, the guardians of health. We're, we've now more or less been relegated to um, the fixers of disease, mm-hmm. but we're not we're not the keepers of health. Um, but that's that, what you guys were, were yeah. if you go far enough back, and that's the sad part, people like yourself care that much where it's like, guys, that's why you guys got into the profession to begin yeah. with. Yeah, preventative medicine is almost—it's almost a, a dead, a dead thing. Um, and I, and I, and I will, um, you know, kind of step back and say, you know, again, 
I, I look at a lot of the data, a lot of the science, a lot of the stuff that's thrown around on podcasts and, and any, you know, Hey, I run a blog. I'm not a, this is not a science blog. It's my personal blog. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the trouble is there, anybody can go on the internet and say anything they want. And um, so, so you have to be careful if your own inner physician, you, yeah, I want to caution the other side of that, which is, you know, don't believe everything you read. Sure. Um, if you do your own N equals one experiment, don't dive in without be careful, doing, right? Do, yeah, yeah. Do your research, take it slow, start low and go slow. Um, make sure you know what you're doing. Um, but again, you know, as, as I put on my blog, be a disciple of experience. If that's, that's something that, you know, Leonardo da Vinci said, and if you, um, if you've done something and it's working for you, just because it's not conventional wisdom, just because your doctor says, oh, you have to eat less than, you know, what does the American Heart Association say? We have to eat uh, less than 10% of saturated fat. I don't know. I don't, the only time I read that site now is when somebody tells me something stupid went up, yeah. I, then I yeah. go read it. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, um, it works for you. You drink olive oil. You know, your cardiologist, if you had one, would think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I bet your numbers look pretty good. I mean, I, I guess, I, I mean, I don't have a cardiologist because... I donate blood every eight weeks. They're going to let me know because I get a free I get a free health report back on that blood after donation. Go. They mail to me in the mail, and I'm like, "Hey, looks good. <laughs> still a rock star." Every time I go there, the I've already called a blood taker, blood taking people, Phlebo- phlebotomist. Thank you. I can never say that word. Uh, she's just like, "Are you like a an athlete or something?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, I get around. I mean, I do some things, <laughs> you know." But in the end, it's like. When they see somebody like me go in there, they love working on me because my blood flows so well and my stats are off the charts. Like I'm going to go donate this week because I just got back doing the high altitude skiing, right? So I know that my blood is like awesome right now. So I want to give that to somebody else. Plus I love getting an oil change, you know? There you go. (laughs) So that's it. It's like these are all the side effects also of living a healthier lifestyle. You want to give back. You don't have to give money. Go get blood. That's a great. That's a great point. Like, how sad is it if you are so unhealthy that you can't donate blood? I, I, I've always, I never thought about that before, but that actually would frustrate the hell out of me because I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. a great service. You know, it's it's scary. But hey, we we've been at this for a while. So, yeah. Um, and actually, I'm gonna just do one more screen share because back to your point on don't do some of these drastic changes without some guidance. Besides, obviously, doing the doctor guidance as well, especially if you're already working with a doctor. But that's another reason why health coaches exist, okay? And I want, I want to plug Rachel here and what she's trying to do. Uh, you, guys, you guys have this on the blog. You have coaching programs on here. And, yeah, I do health coaching on the side too. But in the end, let's, let's, let's blow her up because clearly you yeah. two are both healthy people. You're fit people. And that's kind of the point of a health coach too is to help guide a little bit and direct people in the right direction. Yeah, that's the main um, the main thing Rachel offers. In fact, she does do uh, remote coaching. Um, so if there's anybody out there um, who's interested, you know, um, connect with us on the, through the blog, fill out the uh, the form. She'll connect with you and see if we can help. I like the discovery form. That's a great keyword on there. So yes, yeah, I like so you that just a lot. Share, share a little bit of information about yourself, and um, and and uh, it comes to us and. We'll, we'll reach back out to you. Well, and that's a, a great way to kind of bring the show to a close as well. Also, is the, is the you just mentioned the fact that nowadays we talked about books and everything else. Like, there's no excuse not to start learning, and don't feel too overwhelmed. And also, the beauty of the technology and the internet, you and I have the ability to reach out to each other and record a show to hopefully bring new content out to the digital space. Right? It's this is free content. Right? Totally free. Well, the beauty of coaching is now there's no excuse. You can't say, oh, well, I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's no good health coaches nearby. Mm-hmm. 
okay, then just go to ourhealthhabit.com or somebody else and find an online coach because you could do it over the phone. You could do it over the internet. You could do it over video like you and I are doing right now. There's no excuse. It's the power of technology. You really can harness it for good, yeah. especially if you got your, your blue blocker glasses on, right? That's it, man. <laughs> I, that's it. I'm going to start a whole coaching program on just wearing your blue blocker glasses. Uh, well, this is I, I a, way too many. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, as, I, as I told you uh, before the show started, it's my first uh, experience on a podcast. So thanks for having me as a guest. It's been an honor. Uh, I mean, yeah. actually... But I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. But um, if you have listened to the show before, I want to give the co-host the final closing thoughts. So, all-encompassing man, our you know your website, everything. Like, what is the biggest mission right now between you and Rachel? Since you're doing this as a couple, like, is there an all-encompassing message that you want to leave behind the audience? Because if they forget everything else, we obviously we talked about today because mm-hmm. we covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess I guess it would be kind of coming back to what I said, um, which is, you know, don't just trust conventional wisdom. Um, look at what's working for people and um, find out what they're doing. If it sounds unconventional, but it's working, it, it might be worth listening to. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, I, you know, just to kind of back up, we 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 hit we hit on this. I talked about how the the diabetes epidemic and everything has blown up in this country, but you know, just think about how things were 100 years ago. Think about how they were 5,000 years ago. We didn't have the, the level of uh, disease and illness that we have today. Did, did we still get sick? Yeah. It, we're all going to get sick and die eventually, Scott. You know, unfortunately, as much as I'm into longevity, um, you know, it's, in, it's inevitable, right? But I think we can improve um, not just our lifespan, but our health span. And I think that we are in control of that, not 100%. Um, but um, certainly a lot more than people think. And, um, you know, now's the time to start, whether you're in your 20s doing firefighting or whether in medical school or residency or whether you're in your 50s and, and overweight or obese and diabetic, um, you know, it's never too late to start. You can turn things around. I like that. Life is only as short as what we make it. Uh, that's how I look at it too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, listen, I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not have asked for a better co-host to bring you guys today. So again, shout out to James for getting us connected. Um, I will probably see him at our next Hero Watt on Sunday. Uh, but again, that's Dr. Brendan, man. I mean, we're bringing you guys some great influencers. Check him out at OurHealthHabit.com. And as we've said before, remember, ladies and gentlemen, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, First off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brands section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. 
love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight, or improve your athletic performance. Or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and ePilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors have actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, uh, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.